back. I'm your host, Jessica Clark, and today our podcast is going to be talking about the importance of protecting your business from the constant issue that we hear about all the time on the news, radio, newspaper, social media about cyber threats and breaches. Cybersecurity is the practice of protecting critical systems and sensitive information from digital attacks. These cyber attacks are usually aimed at accessing, changing, or destroying sensitive information, which can also be turned into extorting money and interrupting normal business processes, which is something you definitely do not want. Um, I hope you find the information in the podcast today valuable. All right, with me now is Robert Mulherin. Robert is our Information Security Officer here at Advances. Robert, what are we going to talk about today? Hi, Jessica. Well, today we're going to talk about the bad guys. <laughs> that might seem odd to do a podcast about the bad guys, but in today's kind of ever-increasingly connected world, the bad guys really seem to be having the upper hand today. They do. They're... They're always out there everywhere, aren't they? Yes, you can pick up <laughs> any newspaper and uh, you'll see headlines of some cyber attack here, some breach there, right. and it's just ongoing. And it seems like America is just losing its edge in the cyber realm. So you're here to figure out and explain maybe what that is about and help us stay on track. Exactly. Awesome. And, okay. But before I, I start, I've always been taught to tell a joke before. Oh, okay. So <laughs> what do you call a row of rabbits hopping away? Hmm. A receding hairline. Ah, oh, uh, good one. Okay. Nice. Yeah, it's as, it's as fun <laughs> as this is this a podcast is probably That's the topic, right? Yeah. <laughs> but when we talk about um, American general and fighting good guys and bad guys, people have to realize that America has three sources of, of power. It's got, of course, its military power. That's evident everywhere. Uh, we have our diplomatic power. And then uh, we are also an economic power. Mm -hmm. And the battles we fight in the cyber realm every day, 24-7, uh, tackle each one of those uh, instruments of power that we have. You know, the bad guys are always trying to steal military secrets. They're trying to break in uh, into the diplomatic channels to figure out what we're trying to do. But we've taken the biggest hit economically. And most Americans don't realize that we have literally lost untold trillions of dollars in the cyber realm you know, by uh, foreign powers stealing economic secrets, academic research. It just goes on and on. I'm sure we have no idea how really all that is affected and what all that does. <laughs> that, that's, it's really true. Um, although research has shown how aggressive, I'll take China, for instance. The entire Chinese culture is really built upon stealing. We call it stealing, but in their eyes, if you can grab something that makes your state better, you're doing it for the betterment of your society. Right. So it's a very much a clash of, of uh, cultures. Yeah, sure. Just the way they look at things. Exactly. And then you add in the cyber criminal 
that has really uh, popped up lately. That's um, hacktivism, which is if, and most commonly it's environmental activists sabotaging networks or power plants or, you know, digging sites or something like that. And then the big one recently is ransomware, mm. where it seems like anyone with a computer can hop in and, you know, do a, do a ransomware attack. Sure. Which is amazing to me. If they can hop in and do that, how come we can't hop in and find trace it back? Well, <laughs> um, there's a great book by Sun Tzu. Who was uh, he was around 500 BC. He wrote the book The Art of War. Okay, and you know the best. He's the one who kind of came up with the best uh, defense is an offense. Okay, so you know if what prevents us from going in and actively attacking the bad guys, but that goes back to our diplomatic power. And there's rules and regulations, and we don't want to create you know an international incident if a private U.S. company goes in, hacks, and destroys a bad guy's network that just so happens to be part of a foreign government. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that would be bad juju. Yeah, that would be bad juju. Yeah, although they can do it to us. <laughs> it seems like we can't do it to right. them, at least that we can say. All right, so with your initial opening that you had there, um, we're going to dig a little bit deeper in here. So how can um, American businesses respond it's funny, too, because now we're talking about that economic uh, element. And American businesses have been relatively slow in waking up to the world, this new world order of they're being attacked 24-7 every day of the year. Uh, you know, the military is used to battling that. And our government has, has always been focused on protecting defense secrets and letting American businesses do their own thing. Well, over the past decade, that has started to shift. And it's really because American businesses are losing out their competitive edge so quickly. You know, and, and imagine if, you know, the embarrassment if we lose the original Coke recipe or having, you know, KFC's 11 secret <laughs> herbs and spices right. gets out or something. You know, yeah. But that the competitive edge, the ingenuity of American businesses is being compromised every day. Right. Let's face it, it's much cheaper to steal the plans of your next new thing than to spend all the resources. Right, rejuvenating it. Yeah, or trying to recreate it. And it really puts American, American dominance at risk every day. So, and unluckily though, unfortunately I should say, America as a whole has also been very slow and realizing that our economic power, our ingenuity, and, you know, all that academic research is at risk. Mm -hmm. Uh, What we've seen, though, is over that past decade, the government has started to shift away from just protecting defense secrets to now figuring out how to protect our critical infrastructure, you know, our electric grid, the the sewage, the Mm -hmm. water, transportation, and... One step above that now, it's also starting to help the rest of American businesses better defend themselves in this new cyber warfare that's happening every day. All right. Well, with that, then, what kind of support is our government providing for that? Uh, It started off slow, and it's increasing rapidly. 
We'll take NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology. It was really a sleepy hollow kind of federal agency. Now it's actually at the forefront of the cyber warfare that we see. Of course, they're coming up with standards and frameworks that they provide American businesses now. Beforehand, they were really focused more on just governmental stuff. But now, like Advantis, for instance, has adopted the NIST cybersecurity framework back in 2015. Mm, okay. you know, it's providing those kinds of documents that allows American businesses to beef up their security postures and, and start defending and maturing what we can do. Um, you know, they set benchmarks that we try to achieve mm -hmm. within frameworks and, and the like. And even more recently, the Department of Homeland Security has entered the business of helping American businesses. They recently created the Cyber and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, CISA. Uh, and that has become a beacon of collaboration between American businesses and the government and the national intelligence uh, community. Okay. It is a, I mean, if a threat hits one company, they can hop on and report that. And all the other business partners in that industry or even outside that industry can now have visibility into that so they can take defensive measures before it hits the next American company. Okay. So it, it's been really great. And Advantis has adopted uh, and shares information in that portal collaboratively with not only other financial institutions, but across American nice. businesses. Okay. That's good. Yes, and, you know, we rely on a lot of other parts of, of American businesses that come together to help. Now, some of that is uh, the networking defensive equipment that we buy. You know, American networks and networks in general have been built on a perimeter defensive posture. You know, you build firewalls and antivirus to keep the bad guys out, and everyone inside that network, network is trusted. So when you log on in the morning, once you're in the network, you're in the network and you can zoom all around. Right. Well, even that's changing as we move to a zero trust um, architecture where the pieces of equipment within a network will now consider every hit or coming to it as malicious unless proven otherwise. So it's a complete 180 degree, degree turn on how we defend networks. Like Venice is just now embarking on really implementing that zero trust architecture. We've got key parts in multi-factor authentication is a key part of that, but you'll see Vanis continue to, to grow in that area. Okay. Awesome. So then can you tell me how we're making headway on that? Oh yeah. Uh, there's a couple indications that are apparent that, um, business executives and board members in particular are becoming much more cyber aware. The fact that no one wants to be the next target or Experian or Colonial Oil is a real motivator to board members and their CEOs. So, you know, unfortunately, you know, those that get hit become kind of the, um, you know, don't do what they did kind right. of thing. Um, <laughs> yes. But it has really motivated American businesses now to become more cyber aware. Sure. Um, board members are, are in cyber training 
In fact, Ignatius just a few years ago actually restructured its own board of directors to bring on additional cyber expertise. Okay. So that's one indicator. Another indicator, though, comes from a book written, again, around 500 BC uh, by Sun Tzu when he penned his famous exhilarating novel, <laughs> uh, The Art of War. You know, and that book has been studied by militaries across the world for, you know, 100 years mm-hmm. or so. But what is interesting is that book now pops up on the top business books on a pretty regular basis, which means that business executives are, are starting to treat cyber as what it is. It's right. warfare. You now, as well as, you know, if you're competing, you know, it's kind of a struggle anyway. Right. So that book lends itself really well into helping business executives understand the competitive nature of their own business and industry, yet, and also the vulnerabilities against that. So, um, you know, it's funny too. It's how do you define success in this area? Right. And that's, yeah. You know, and it's hard to, I mean, is success defined by fending off a hack or quickly stopping an intruder or stopping the bad guy from seizing the, you know, 11 herbs and spices of KFC? <laughs> right. How do we do that? You know, and, and it's, it's not something that's really defined at all. And American businesses and CIOs and security experts struggle with that every day. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you quantify success? Because security is expensive. Right. And there's orders of trade-off, you know. You can have the most secure network in the world, but you won't have any productivity by your employees. Right. <laughs> you know, it, that's, that's kind of the trade-off there. Well, and each business is probably obviously different in the way they are all set up and what they all need. And That's right. So, yeah. Yes. Um, the battles that rage across the cyber realm are, in a way, just like really any other kind of warfare. Um, with one side, the bad guys trying to get something out of the good guys. However, history has changed in this realm. For the first time, the bad guys, well, usually the bad guys can be identified. Right. You know, they wear a uniform or they're from such and such country sure. or, or something like that. That has changed. We right. can't tell the bad guys from the good guys. And before, they were what we call combatants, the actual military people, the leaders of the bad country or whatever that we can readily identify. And we had non-combatants, you know, school children, doctors, nurses, that kind of stuff. Well, that no longer applies either because you're just as likely as to have school kids try to hack you as a foreign military power. Right. So, you know, so that has totally changed. So, and then to counter this, what Advantis is really doing is trying to turn our strongest asset, our, our people, mm-hmm. you and I and right. everyone else, into our strongest defensive point, you know. And our employees have to realize they are on the front lines of this new battle, this new war going on. Right. And by training them to identify, and we do that through our information security awareness program, where they get trained continuously is a key step in turning them into network defenders. Um, And then secondly, we train, as you know, constantly. Right, all the time. All the time, (laughs) yes, through fishing exercises and all that. Because 
the most important thing anybody in an American business can do is be vigilant when they're on the network. Right. You know, you just can't take anything for granted anymore. You know, you can't take a web page that you brought up as being legit. Right. That email be, may be phishing or may contain a, a malicious document. We just can't, you know, trust them. Like we used to. Exactly. So that's what that training and that testing brings out over and over again, with vigilance being the key weapon against the bad guys. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Now, all of this, the governmental standards, the frameworks, the collaboration across the breadth of American businesses, and the network intelligence community combining um, together, along with, say, the training and the testing. All that comes together in what becomes our information security program here at Advantis. Okay. All those are just parts and pieces of an overarching program that reaches every employee all the way up to every director on our board. So when you have that and you combine it with the automated defenses we're building into our network as we move to zero trust architecture, um, we are really doing our part in keeping our customers' data secure and to increase the public confidence in the U.S. farm credit system as a whole. Which is good. Which is outstanding. What to do, right. Yes. Yes. So Awesome. Yeah. Well, I appreciate all of the information that you shared today, and hopefully um, somebody will have learned something out there and maybe go read your book from Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu. Art of War. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Robert. Well, thank you, Jessica. Implementing effective cybersecurity measures is particularly challenging today because there are more devices than people, and attackers are becoming more innovative. Threats can originate from outside or inside of an organization, and it's important to train and continue to help employees of your organization become and stay aware of what they can do to help combat these issues. I hope you've learned a few ways that you can help in your organization to become more cyber resilient. Thank you for listening, and I'm excited to continue sharing our Advantage story with you. So until next time, we're in it for ag.